want to thank you for, for being here, uh, Mother's Day and, and all that. You know, we've been praying for today, so excited. Um, I'm, I'm wearing a lei, not because I'm a mother, you know, but it was my birthday, and so um, they, they got me this. I just said that just so that, you know, but it was a very special birthday for me. It was the last in the 50s that I have, you know. So next year, I'd be not celebrating no birthday, all right? And um, I forget where I went, and they said, oh, sir, um, something about a senior citizen discount, right? And so I left that store, didn't buy nothing. So, you know, just I, I'm vain that way. I don't want to have a senior citizen discount. It just kind of like messes with me, yeah, the senior, citizen, yeah, senior citizen discount. When I was 54, somebody said, hey, are you part of our club? And I, what club? That was Ross's. What, are you part of our club? What, what club is that? Oh, the senior club? So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, happy Mom's Day. You know, it is really great, right? Isn't it great that we take at least one day during the year to acknowledge all the moms? Because, you know, moms, um, you're so valuable. You know, you're so precious. The University of Michigan did a nationwide survey once in which they asked thousands of girls, thousands of girls between the ages of 11 and 18, you know, so it wasn't just a regional thing. This is throughout the United States, you know, what they would like to be in adult life, right? What, you know, they asked these young girls, what do you want to be in adult life? A surprising 80% expressed a desire to be like their mamas. I mean, how crazy, that's, I was like, wow, that's amazing, you know, they also did a study about, you know, to the, to the board. No, I, didn't, I don't know about that study. But it is also said that a mother has a strong, there might not be any other stronger influence in a son's life than mothers, you know. And um, there was this boy, this little boy, you know, you know how they have Sunday school presentations at all. And he had this one line, and it was supposed to be that one line, you know, from John 8. 12, you know, where Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And so he's up there, and, you know, when you're little, you know, your mind goes blank, and he was like, man, and his mom's in the front row, and, you know, you moms probably were there, you know, with the camera, and you're kind of nervous, and, you know, so he's like, oh, and then the, the boy, and so the mom's going, and, you know, she's like, man, what? And he was just, he just, you know, froze. And so finally, you know, she kind of leaned forward, and she said, you know, I am the light of the world. And the boy's face, you know, lit up and with great feeling and a loud, clear voice. He said, my mother is the light of the world, you know. And, you know, being a mom, because that's kind of how it is sometimes, right? But being a mom might be considered, you know, the toughest job in the world, you know. Just think about so all the expectations that are on moms in our success-driven society, in our busy society that we live in today. You know, I mean, some of the things, you know, they're here to have successful careers. You got to manage the household efficiently and effectively, raise perfect kids, be an Uber driver for your children, maintain and manage all the finances successfully, function as a family counselor, and all these kind of things. And there's no question that moms do so much for their families, you know. And it was so funny because there was, I just was reading this thing about this teacher who gave the second her second grade class, a lesson about magnets, you know, just the science um, part of the day. And, you know, so she's talking about how magnets and all that. 
and then she wanted to see how much the, the, the class understood, so she asked the class a question, because you, know, you got to figure, you know, you have to find out, because teaching is, is not so much you sharing stuff, it's how much did they actually get, right? And, and so, you know, so she says, all right, my name starts with an M, and I pick up things, and the things stick, what am I? And a little boy said, you know, a mother, right? And isn't that a true thing? That's what mothers do. There's, you know, mothers are so much on the minds of children. They bring so much influence. And, and yet mothers experience so much pressure. You know, there's a lot of pressures on mom. You see this throughout the Bible. And today we're going to look at a story. You know, we've been storing through the Bible. We're starting in the Old Testament. We're in Genesis. You know, we just finished Abraham. Uh, we have a couple weeks. We're going to talk about missions. And, you know, we, you know churches have missions. But, but what is it? Why do we send teams out? you know, to Alaska and Japan and Thailand and Vietnam? Why do we encourage people to go out? You know, and so the next two weeks, you know, we wanted to, to talk about that so we'd all have an understanding why we, we are to send out, not only across the world, but, you know, just across the street as well. You know, why do we have fundraisers for cookies, which I want to encourage you to, to sign up and all that? You know, why do we do these things? The next two weeks, we'll talk about that and then we'll continue on in our story through the Bible. We're going to look at Isaac. But we wanted to look, I want to look at a story today from the New Testament. And this is a story in Matthew 15. And it's a story about a woman in the Bible who we never know her name. She's like this nameless mother. And, uh, you know, she, she's a mom who could be described in four words, you know, um, that's how Jesus described her. And she's this woman who comes to Jesus in Matthew 15 with this real desperate need, you know. Um, with the love in her heart, there's this real need that she has, but she's a Gentile mom. She's, a, she's not a Jewish mom. She's a non-Jewish. You know, she's a Gentile mother. Um, she comes from a place where the people there and the Jews really did not get along at all, you know. We know that... Um, she had at least one child, but in this single encounter, right, with Jesus, all we know is that here's this Gentile woman, we don't even know her name, but Jesus declares, your faith is great. Your faith is great. It's just those four words, your faith is great. But it was enough, and that encounter was enough, and her faith was enough, so that she was included in the pages of our Bible. This nameless woman who Jesus said, your faith is great. Now, what did this woman, what did this mother do to deserve such praise from Jesus? Well, she did at least three remarkable things. And that three things that I believe that, you know, I was praying and this, this story just kept coming to my mind. And I feel like there's three things that God wants to encourage us all, but especially you moms, on this very special day. I feel like God wanted to encourage you moms um, with this as you face all the challenges that you go through. So if you have your bulletins, you can follow along. Um, you know, on one side, there's like bulletin notes. You can fill in the blanks. Other side, there are like uh, discussion questions that when, for our small groups. You know, we have small groups that meet during the week. And then... Um, you know, you can go over those. But the first thing of a mother, you know, this is talking about a mother of great faith, you know. 
And I believe that God wants to encourage all of you moms that as special as you are, God wants to infuse you, that God wants you to be a mother of great faith. And that's something that every mother can be, you know. Um, and that's what this story is about, you know. She didn't have to be a special person. She was a non-Jew, didn't get along with the Jew, the whole thing. And Jesus called her, said, your faith is great, you see. You have great faith. And so God wants to encourage you that you too, that God's call for you, his encouragement to you be a mother of great faith. So the first thing that she does is she crosses great barriers. She crosses great barriers. In Matthew 15, verse 21, Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and a Gentile woman yeah, who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Right? So it's just a mess, and she's in anguish. Her beloved daughter is, is being afflicted by this demon, and, and she's looking, you know, and in her mind, Jesus, you got to help. And, and here was this mom, and she was going to do anything, really. And that's what we see here. She was going to do anything to get to Jesus so that he could help her daughter, you know, that she had the faith that Jesus could help. That, and, you know, she probably did all kinds of things. She tried all kinds of things. Nothing worked. She catch wind of, oh, yeah, you know, there's this guy, Jesus. And she said, that is my answer. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. You know, but he's, he's a Jew. Oh, doesn't matter. I'm going to do whatever I take. Whatever it takes. Whatever barriers they are. And what are some of those barriers? Because faith compels us. Faith compels us to break through whatever barriers that stand in our way. Because that's faith. Faith is not, I mean, it's easy to believe and to trust in God when everything's going well, right? But when things aren't going well, that's when it really is active faith. And so what are some of the barriers? Well, one of the barriers was time. You know, this woman took the time. She didn't say, well, if I just so happened to come across Jesus, maybe I'll ask for his help. But she went looking for him. It took time. And you know, when we go looking for Jesus, it still takes time today, right? It still takes time. Too often we're so busy, you know, with all these day-to-day -day responsibilities and, and even, you know, and, and, and all these misplaced priorities that we might have that it's really hard that we, it's going to take time to really get to Jesus. And it was, biz, it, was, it was true then, and it's true now. One of the barriers that we want to be people, and if you want to be a mother of great faith, you got to break through the barrier of time. Yeah, that you're going to have to sacrifice, you're going to have to bust through that. As busy or whatever, you got to bust through. The second thing is culture. The Gentile woman had to cross the barrier of culture to get to, to Jesus. You know, one, she was a woman... And she was going to go talk to a man, and that really wasn't okay back then, much less a Gentile talking to a Jew, right? And, but she said, you know what? It doesn't matter. Whatever barriers there, I got to cross those barriers. And it's culture, you know? And, and, and those are some pretty huge barriers in her day. And in our day, you know, in our time, there's still cultural barriers 
that we're going to have to bust through, you see. We live in a culture that questions if God really understands the problems and the challenges of our life, uh, or if he even exists at all. A culture that is growing, you know, in its anti-God sentiments, you know, is not really popular to, to say you believe in and we believe in God. And, and if we really want to get to Jesus, we got to break through those barriers of culture to truly get to him. And then the third barrier is the barrier of pride. It's probably the greatest barrier, the barrier of pride, that the woman didn't care what she looked like, what others thought, if she got rejected, or anything else. What was important to her, right, her focus was, I'm going to get to Jesus, whatever it takes, you know. And so often, pride gets in our way, right? Pride gets in, you know, it's like, man, I, what do people think, you know? And, and, you know, we may be like, a per, you, know, you know, we might be like, oh, but I don't want to get rejected because some of us, we don't like to get rejected, right? And that's pride. Or we might be like a person who is drowning and we're not going to ask for help. You know, any of you were drowning once and, and uh, of course you live because you wouldn't be here, but you're drowning and, um, and, and you didn't ask for help? See, I was like that. In high school, I was like that. I was at Sandy Beach and I thought... I was drowning. If I wasn't just such a superhuman person and swimmer, I would have been dead. No, but it was really bad. And I thought, I'm just, a, I think I'm done. But in my pride, I would have rather drowned than ask for help. How silly is that, right? But that's pride. And that's a barrier. And what this woman did, this woman of great faith, who Jesus looked at her and says, your faith is great is she crossed barriers, the barrier of time, culture, and pride. And what exactly was it that drove this mother to cross all these barriers? And you know, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about faith, hope, and love. And that's what it was. She, faith, she believed that, God, that Jesus was not going to turn her away. She had the utmost confidence. They said, you know, it doesn't matter what barriers, because if I get there, Jesus is going to do something. And she had that hope, you know. She had the hope that, that Jesus would be where no one else could help and when it seemed like a hopeless situation, if I could just get to him, there's going to be hope. And so she goes after him regardless of the cost. And then love, her love for her child compelled her to cross every barrier. See, and that's the amazing thing about you moms, right? What wouldn't you do for your child? The love of your child, what wouldn't you do? It compelled this mother to cross all these barriers, to do whatever it took. A love that, and that's what love is, thinking about others more than yourself. And that's what that love, that love, thinking about her daughter more than herself. Because that's what love is. And she broke through that. She broke through all the barriers because she had faith, hope, and love. Moms, a mother of great faith crosses every and any barrier in their way. The second thing that she did is a mother of great faith is she persists. She persists. And that is that's an amazing thing in verse 23. But Jesus, here's the thing. She finally gets to Jesus, right? She's all excited. This is finally, I get to Jesus. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. She got the cold shoulder. Like she finally gets to him, Jesus, I need help. Nothing, right? Then his disciples 
urged him to send her away. Tell her to, to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. The nerve, right? You know, Jesus is not saying nothing. The disciples are like, get her out of here, right? And then, and then Jesus finally says something. I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Strike one, strike two, strike three, right? But did she give up? No. See, there were three factors, three intimidating factors, right? She's with a bunch of Jewish people, which she doesn't really get along with. They don't like her. She's a woman going up to this man, and she's going to this Jesus, and she goes there, and all she gets is silence. Can you imagine that? Like, you can imagine meeting your, your hero, right? Like, like, it's like me going up to, like, the greatest quarterback ever to play. No, not Tony Romo. Joe Montana, right? I mean, Joe Montana. You go up to Joe Montana and you go, oh, hey, Joe, how's it going? And he doesn't say anything. I mean, how, like, ugh, is that, right? And then the people around him are saying, get this loser out of here. Like, who is this guy anyway, right? And all his disciples are saying, oh, Tired of her biggest, get her away. And then finally she says something. Finally she says something. And, and she says, and he says, sorry, lady. Unfortunately, you don't belong to the right group. I didn't come to help you. Right? Can you imagine? Right? And what did this woman do? She crossed the barriers to get there. She gets there. She doesn't get a welcome at all, but she persisted. And that's what mothers of great faith do. They persist. Verse 25, but, and that's a big but. That, not, you know, come on. <laughs> it's big, right? But there probably was a better way to say that. Second service, if you got a suggestion, come see me so I don't have to say that, right? But she came and she worshipped him. This Jesus who gave her the cold shoulders, his friends said, get her out of here. This Jesus who said, well, sorry, you're not part of the in group. But she came and she worshipped him. And then she pleads again, Lord, help me. She didn't allow anything to stop her. She persisted. Washington Irving said, The love of a mother is never exhausted. It never changes. It never tires. It endures through all. In good repute, in bad repute, in the face of the world's condemnation, a mother's love still lives on. See, that's a mother of great faith. That's what mothers of great faith do. That's something that for all you moms, that's something you all can do to be a mother of great faith. There was this young man named Sumner Spence, and he suffered from cerebral palsy, you know, and he couldn't read books because his eyes wouldn't focus. He couldn't hold on to things very well because his hands would clench uncontrollably. But he had a dream, 
and his dream that he would go to college. That was his dream, to go to college. And everybody was saying, come on, you cannot. I mean, look at your situation. It would be just impossible for you to, to get all the work done that what you need to in college. But that didn't stop him. And, and probably more importantly, it didn't stop his mother, Susan Spence. And despite seemingly unsurmountable odds, Sumner Spence enrolls in the University of Delaware. And his mother attends all of his classes. And she's there and she's taking notes. And every evening she would come home and she would enter the lecture notes into the special computer program, you know, whose digital voice would read the notes back to Sumner as he studied. Every day she would do that. To which it was like, whoa, that's incredible. That's persistence. But that wasn't all, you know. Over the course of two and a half years, she scanned more than 5,000 pages of textbook material and edited and scanned the text for accuracy so Sumner could effectively study. And there was just one um, class that he, uh, had an assignment that they needed to, to get in a few days. They needed, to re- they needed to read this novel because the author was coming into class. So that was a class assignment. And so unbeknownst to her that there was digital copy, what she did was she rewrote, I mean, she retyped that entire book into their home computer, yeah, just for the sun, right? And she persisted day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And so on the evening of May 24, 2007, she took a seat in the back of the auditorium and watched her son, Sumner, graduate, you know, with his associate of arts degree. And after addressing his fellow students, because they, you know, it was such a motivation, right? They had him address uh, the people, more than the 300 students that were there and all the family members in attendance, they erupted in this standing ovation for, for him, but they also acknowledged his mom, you see. And persistence is a hallmark of a mom of great faith. God is encouraging you moms. Man, it's like all of you. I'm just encouraging you to be a mom of great faith. You know, just whatever barriers, you just break through those. You know, persist because I'm going to be there. And then the third thing is she humbled herself. Yeah, a woman and a mother of great faith humbles herself. Right? That's Incredible story. 20, verse 26. Jesus responds. You know, she went through all that. She's still there. She worships him, and she continues to plead. Jesus, I just need some help, you know? And, and verse 26, Jesus responded. All right, I see you pleading. You know what? Well, get up. You know, I'm going to help you, right? Because, you know, she's been there. She's crossed the barriers. She, she has persisted. And so Jesus says, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs, right? Which was a word, a derogatory word that they would use for Gentiles. To which she said, that's it, done. I went through all that, but you are not worth it. I'll get my help somewhere else. You ain't all that. Come on, right? No. After all that, and after this stinging 
insult. She replies, that's true. <clears throat> she humbled herself. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Wow. She humbles herself. She says, Jesus, you're right. You're absolutely right. I admit I have no claim on you, right? So I, have, I don't deserve anything. But there has to be some extra grace, maybe even some leftover grace that I know I don't deserve. But I'm just asking you, and I'm, I'm appealing to that. I'm appealing to that grace. Because you know, if there's anything left over, I'll take it, is what she's saying. And grace is something that we all don't deserve, right? It's unmerited favor from God. And that's what she was appealing to. You know, that's what she was appealing to. This desperate mother came to Jesus, crossed all that stuff, all the criticism, and despite all that, she humbles herself. And humbling ourselves is the key. It's the key to receiving God's grace. That's what James 4, 6 says. He says, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes what? God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. And when this woman humbled herself, what did she get? She received his grace. See, if she didn't cross the barriers, she wouldn't have gotten to Jesus. But a mother of great faith had to break through whatever barriers there were. If she didn't, if she didn't persist, she would have gotten nothing. But she persisted. You know, cold shoulder, criticism. You know, his disciples not really happy with you. Very intimidating situation. But in spite of all that, the thing that, that so touches my heart is here's this woman. Love for her daughter compelled her. She said, you know what? Doesn't matter. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yeah, Jesus, you're right. I don't deserve anything. And even if there's leftover grace, I'll take that. See? And so we see this nameless Gentile mother cross all these barriers, persist in her encounter with Jesus, humbling herself before him in front of everybody who was there, right? And what was the results? Verse 28. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Jesus extended grace, and her daughter was instantly healed. This Gentile, this nameless Gentile mother captured the heart of Jesus by her willingness to do whatever it takes because that's what faith is. Cross whatever barriers, I'm on it. Got to persist, I'm on it. Got to humble myself, I'm on it. She believed Jesus was able to help. She had the faith and, you know, she exercised it. And she did whatever it took. No wonder Jesus declared, 
Woman, dear woman, your faith is great. Mothers, you are so important and you're more powerful than you might even think. That there is power released by God when you walk in faith. You know? So don't despair when you come to and you're faced with a problem. Cross the barriers, get to Him. You know what? When, when things aren't happening, you just persist. Faith is persisting, and you hang in there because, because Jesus can and He will help. And then, you know what? You just humble yourselves. You humble yourselves before Him. Let the Holy Spirit encourage you this morning. Let Him affirm you for all that you do for your family. Let Him reassure you that your faith in Him is powerful. That my prayer for all of you is that Jesus is going to look and say, Mother, dear Mother, your faith is great. Your faith is great. I believe that from Matthew 15, I believe with all my heart, especially to your mom, that's God's word to you today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. But I know you're here for a reason and a purpose, and it's more than just a prelude to the brunch that's ahead. That that God wanted you here for a reason and a purpose, and he wanted to encourage you. And maybe you've never heard it, but God wants to say, God is saying to you, dear woman, you're a woman of great faith. Your faith is great. Your faith is great. And for the rest of us, it's the same thing. You know, it's crossing barriers, it's persisting, and it's humbling ourselves. But I wanted to, to pray a special blessing on you moms as well. That I wanted to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to infuse you with faith this morning. To infuse you with hope this morning. To, 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 to show you in a real practical way in a real practical way that he's there and he loves you and that if you would just trust him, that you will see him in a real personal way just like this woman. So why don't you stand with me and let's pray. All right? And if, you know, you're, you're with your mama or, you know, you, you know someone, just put your hand out. Let's just pray for all the moms. Father, we want to thank you for all the moms here, God. We pray that this was your word to them. We pray that you would encourage them. We thank you that they are women of faith and that you would grow them, you continue to, to, to work in their lives, to infuse them with more faith, that they would be all these women, all these mothers, we be moms of great faith. We thank you for them. We thank you for our mothers. We thank you for our mothers who are not here, who couldn't be here. They may be on the, wherever they are. God, we just thank you. And we pray that for all our moms, you would infuse them with faith, God. That you would meet them where they are, that you would encourage them. And that for all our moms who, all we have are memories, that they've passed out, we thank you for the mothers, our mothers, who have gotten us to this point. We thank you, Father, for all the mothers. And so, Father, we thank you 
We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.